You're listening to a podcast produced by Kayama Community Radio. Hi, it's Joe Bolam here and I'm with Dr. Kevin Mills, a botanist and ecologist who has uh, lived in the Illawarra for 40 years. Is that right, Kevin? That's right, Joe. That's, that's correct. <laughs> Welcome to KCR and thanks for talking to us today. Well, thanks for talking to me. Now, Kevin's just launched his book, which is called South Coast Ferns, A Complete Guide to the Ferns and Fern Allies of the New South Wales South Coast. And that was on the 27th of September, and that was at Minamara Rainforest, wasn't it? That's right, Minamara Rainforest Centre. They hosted it. Yeah, why did you want to host there? Well, it's one of the richest fern areas in the south of New South Wales, in fact. Yeah. Um, many, many species are there. A high proportion of the state's ferns can be found in that relatively small gorge. In our Minamara. That's right. right. near us. That's and correct. we don't even know about this, do we? Uh, it's not, 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 a real, not so much a secret, but a lot of people <laughs> don't know about it. So hopefully this book will introduce the people to the amazing yeah. ferns we have in this region. In fact, I've read that... Um, from the walk from the car park to the centre's office at Minamara there, you pass, what, 26 ferns? Some, something like that, just yeah. beside the road. So. Yeah, because you counted them. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did count them, especially for the launch, so I could tell people. <laughs> okay, well, that's lots of uh, traipsing around rainforest parks and gullies because it's a um, complete guide to south coast ferns. So where exactly... Did you go? Well, the book covers in detail, that is, mapping between Sydney and Batemans Bay. Mm-hmm. That's a, a big area. It's isn't a fair it? bit of the coast, but the book is relevant to all the way to Victoria because there are no other species added as you go south. So, oh, okay. So it's actually relevant throughout the southeast of the state. Oh, okay. And we're talking a little bit further inland too, Southern Highlands? <laughs> That's right, up onto the Southern Highlands. Um, on the edge of the tablelands as you go south, such as Bungonia. Yeah, okay. So that's quite a few kilometres of area. It is a big area. That's why it took 10 years to cover it. 10 years. Wow. Wow. Um, You must be glad that it's done. Yeah, I'm pretty pleased. (laughs) Pretty pleased it's finished. And it's a beautiful book. We'll talk more about that later. But I just want to, I don't think about ferns all that much, um, except when a couple of ferns die in my backyard. And I dare say most people haven't thought about ferns like you have, Kevin. So they've been around for millions of years, haven't they? Before dinosaurs, is, is this right? That's right. In evolutionary terms, um, the, the ancestors of ferns are, are very early plants. Okay. So been a, their ancestors are, and ferns and so have been around for a very long time, that's true. Yeah, and there's a bit of folklore, actually, about ferns, which you probably already know about. There's Slavic folklore and Finnish tradition has has um, uh, folklore as well. In Slavic, they, ferns are believed to bloom once a year during the Ivan Kupala night, although allegedly to be exceedingly difficult to find. Anyone who sees a fern flower is thought to be guaranteed to be happy and rich for the rest of their life. They're never going to see a flower though, are they? They're not. (laughs) And tell us why. Well, ferns are spore bearing. (laughs) Yeah. 
So if you look underneath the frond of many ferns, you'll see the, the brownish spores in the patches little... underneath the okay. frond. And that's the fertile frond. Okay. So not all fronds are fertile. Some are fertile and some are infertile. So they, don't, yeah, have, they don't have seeds either? They don't have, no, they have spores. Just very spores. tiny microscopic spores. Okay. Which are blowing around in the wind and that's how ferns end up in your garden. And, do, you know, maybe uh, pass by on animals' furs? Well, that's possible, but really wind is wind the main, is the main... dispersal agent. Okay, okay. This might be a silly question, but uh, we have seed banks uh, for um, varieties of plants that we, you know, want to save for eternity. Do we have spore banks? Uh, you know, like, like how are we going to save ferns? I, do, I, I, I don't know much about, this, about the, the seed bank situation mm. but yes they, they do they do try to save fern spore but it's um they're so microscopic and so fine they're they're not viable for very long so they're going yeah. to probably take specialist techniques to um preserve yeah. them yeah. over time yeah they might need to be up in the um higher altitudes and well not know, necessarily but certainly in um in um freezer possibly in freezer conditions okay okay um, you talk about in, in the book um, there's a difference between native uh, naturalised ferns and fern allies. Can you tell us a bit about what the difference is? Well, there are, there are 128 native ferns mm -hmm. locally. That's species of fern and fern allies. Mm -hmm. So fern allies. So <clears throat> a fern ally is the, 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 instead of having the... Um, spore underneath the frond as, as ferns to you. They have the spore in cone, what I call little cones. Okay. And they, they occur on the, on the fronds, mm -hmm. um, but the fronds are very different looking than a, than a true fern. Okay. And so they're very old. They have very old lineage too. Yeah. Millions of years old. Oh, okay. They've lasted a long time. And the naturalised fern yeah. is one that we've brought to this region that doesn't occur naturally and now it grows in the wild. Okay. So it's escaped our gardens and a lot of people know fishbone fern. Oh. But that's okay. not native to here. Isn't it? It's a common garden fern, but yeah. it's not native. So it comes from northern New South Wales and Queensland, brought down here as a garden fern, and now it's escaped and it's, it grows in quite a few areas. Does it do any harm, these, these well, naturalised It is invasive, so okay. it is a weed, regarded as okay. a, a weed to get rid of. Okay, okay. So it's good if we can identify that. Isn't it? Can we eat ferns? <laughs> this is me just well, asking. <laughs> well, yes, yes, there are cultures around the world that do eat ferns. Do the particularly indigenous? The, uh, particularly the um, the crozier, which is the unfur before the fern frond unfurls, mm -hmm. it's in a little curl it's called okay. a crozier. Oh yes, yes, it's, yes. It, it distinguishes ferns from all other plants. No other plant does that. Okay. So, and they, that when they're fresh and young, yes, they, they are eaten. So they're easily identified then? Yeah, if so if yeah. ferns, ferns, most people can fairly easily identify a fern when they see a fern. Yeah. They've all mostly got the same look about them as yes. theirs being a fern. But, you know, we didn't know there were 136 varieties, I suppose. Well, <laughs> I <didn't. laughs> people might be surprised about the variety we do have. Yeah, yeah. It's also poisonous, isn't it? 
Like, is it, isn't that where they got hemlock from? From no. no, no, no. Hemlock's a completely different herb. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was from carrot fern. As far as I know, the ferns aren't poisonous. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, how are ferns important to our environment? You know, I know that they stabilise soils and, and things. How else are they important to well, us? Well, like, like any group of plants, they've got their role. Mm. And what's their role? They, they provide, uh, well, as you say, they can stabilise soil, same as any plant uh, mm-hmm. does. A lot of animals depend on them, insects particularly. Insects might feed on them. Uh, birds might nest in them. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's all sorts of uses yeah. in, a, in, a, in the rainforest, and rainforest is where most of these ferns can be found. Any birds that we might know of, um, you know, that the average person knows of? Well, a lot of, a, lot of, a lot of people might know um, bird's nest fern. Ah, yes. It's called that because it's shaped like a big bird's nest. Yeah. And it's commonly grown in gardens. Well, more than once I've seen a lyrebird nesting in the top of one. Oh, wow. That's so, exciting. So that was one example. Yeah, yeah. You would have seen a lot, actually, in those 10 years of um, trekking all around. Yeah, that's right. Rainforests, and, and I, I bet you know all the special places as well. Yeah, I've, I've been to most of them, so... <laughs> Is this on the little islands off Australia's uh, east coast as well? Well, uh, people are familiar with the five islands off, um, yeah. off Wollongong. There's, um, there's, there's really no... Well... There might be. I think there's one fern out there, but it's it's introduced. It's not a oh, okay. Fern. It's not really a fern habitat, but there are a few other species on the on the mainland that yes, specialise in growing on the coast. Okay, there are rainforest species, but uh, not only rainforest. That's right. So there's a group that grow in rainforest and wet forest, and mm-hmm. people are familiar with our escarpment, and most of them are found there. Mm. Then there's another group that grows on sandstone. So oh, they've okay, got to cope okay. with poor soils, they've got to cope with fire, bushfire, regular regular bushfires and the like. So they've evolved to grow on those poor soils. Wow. And that's a, that's a quite a different group of ferns that occur in the rainforest. Yeah. So after a fire, the spores can still regenerate? Some, some ferns will come back by spore. Others come back from a trunk, such as a tree fern, will survive the fire and regrow from the, from the fibrous trunk. Others have an underground, big underground root called a rhizome, mm-hmm. and they'll re-sprout from under the ground, even though all of their aerial fronds are destroyed. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? And what about medicine? Do we get any of our medicines from ferns? I'm not, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I don't know okay. about that. Okay. And now to your book. I've got it in front of me. It's beautiful, and it is... Like a compendium of all those ferns. So you've got photos of them, you've got their name. Yeah, the common name yeah, and the, the botanical or taxonomic name are both there. Okay. And uh, you're having trouble with their taxonomical name. Tell us about that. So what, what, what happens is there are rules about naming plants. Yeah. So you've got to follow the rules. But within those rules, there's been a lot of taxonomic work done lately using genet- genetic studies. And they're changing names all over the place. Okay. So if you're doing a book like this, you've got to try to keep up with the names. All right. So is this just because different botanists are naming them themselves? That's right. So what what you find is a a botanist in Europe is studying a particular fern group and decides to name them internationally, and that includes the Australian ones. 
So there's a name change. As long as they follow the rules, and then it needs to be accepted in Australia by the Herbaria in Australia as, okay. a, as a good name. Mm. Sometimes they're not, and sometimes it takes many years to, to become accepted yeah. because there's controversy about how the study was done or how they're being named. Yeah. So I, I, what I did was I, I stated in the book... I'm following what Canberra Botanic Garden says, even though I know that yeah. in the near future there'll probably be changes. Oh, OK. Otherwise, you've got no standard. Yeah. Did you find any um, uh, new ferns I in did. our region? Yes. I did. I've extended the range of a couple of ferns. Were you able I... to name them? Well, they're not new ferns to science, but they're, <laughs> oh, new, okay. but they're new to our region. Okay, so okay, okay. Got, unfortunately, there's, there's uh, not a Kevin Mills fern. No, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid not yet. I keep looking. <laughs> the most exciting one was uh, a New Zealand fern that was the first record for continental Australia. Okay. And there's a few records from Tasmania, otherwise it, it, there's no others. Yeah. But it's only in one small spot in this region. So that was a really good find. Yeah. Yeah. So just to continue with what you can, the kind of information you can get in, in the book. So the um, common name, the um, taxonomic name, a description of the fern, uh, distinguishing features, their range, their distribution and habitat, their status, their etymology, and there's a map of uh, where you find them. Here, just a little map beside it, on each page for each of these ferns. It's a beautiful book, and it's put together by Catherine Hutchison, who is a um, web and uh, graphic artist, a local one. She's very good. It's beautiful, Catherine. Well done. <laughs> yeah, she did. A, she did a wonderful job, really. And a lot of people have commented on how good the book feels and looks. Yeah, yeah. It and does. it's good to have a local person. Well, we had a local group, in fact, working on it. So Isn't the that publisher good? is fairly local. Catherine and myself are locals. Who's the publisher? Enviro Books. Okay, where are they? Basic Sussex Inlet. Oh, okay, fantastic. And this, you were saying, is a uh, culmination of 10 years' work. Is this the first compendium of South Coast ferns? In fact, it's the first in New South Wales oh. in print that I can find. There is no other book in New South Wales in print wow. that deals with ferns in this fashion. The The flora of New South Wales is the technical flora, which for some people is, is a bit too technical unless they're used to it. Mm. So this is the only book. Okay. Well, that's very important work. Congratulations. Thanks for, very much. For doing this. Some of the highlights of your years of surveys I've read are the only recording, you got the only recording of Scrambling Ground Fern, which is a great name. You imagine it scrambling along the ground. <laughs> well, that's, that, that's the New Zealand fern I was telling about earlier. Ah, okay. That's the one that occurs locally, found locally, but it's the only record yeah. in Australia virtually. Okay, and the ribbon fern and the tropical filmy fern, you've just found them in areas that no one has seen them before. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So they're new, they're new records for this region. Okay. And um, one of them is um, 700 kilometres south of where it usually occurs. It's a tropical filmy fern. Okay. Um, and, and it's, it's surviving well. And it's it's either 
recently arrived because it had never been recorded this far south before. So it could have been there because it was very, very small. could have been there for a long time, but no one noticed it. Okay, so you only saw, you didn't see a bunch of them. Oh, it's a map-forming filmy fern oh, okay. on boulders. Oh, okay. boulders. Oh, okay. Only a tiny little fern. Any, anybody, most people would walk past it without noticing it. Yeah, okay. It's so tiny. Yeah. Oh, that's important. Um, the Southern Highlands has been identified as uh, a high-importance, high-altitude fern area. And... Um, was that your work that did that? Yeah, I'm, I'm writing that up at the moment. There's a, there's a lot of state rare ferns up there. That is, they're rare in the state and we're rare in this region. But because of the high altitude, it's cool, it's wet, mm. it's the main reason. Some of the ferns, that's what they prefer. Mm. And so the several species, the highlands above us here, are the stronghold for those species in New South Wales. Yeah. And one of them, probably the stronghold in Australia, for okay. that species, which wow. it really highlights that and the number of species in this region highlight the significance of this region for, for fern conservation. Yeah, and in general, ecological um, importance. Well, indeed. You're also completed distribution maps of all species in the region, and that hasn't been done before. No, not at, not, not at that detail. Yeah. So the... It's based on a grid system. You can pretty much see the distribution of the ferns um, for the region, each species in the region, okay. based on 92 grid squares across the region. Yeah, fantastic resource for us all. Um, have you got a favourite fern? <laughs> I like, do like tree ferns, Yeah, I must admit. <laughs> but I always like finding the rare ones, of course. Yeah. When you come across a rare one, it's still a bit exciting to yeah. find it. Are there different colours in, in ferns? Or well, is basically as just a range of green? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> certainly there's a, most of them are green. Some of the, some of the new fronds can be red and pink coloured okay. before okay. they change to green. Yep. Um, some of them will be brought, maybe bright, bright green before they go duller with age. Mm-hmm. Um, and the front cover of the book, in fact, has a fern that shows you a blechnum called rasp fern. Mm-hmm. And its new fronds are, are shades of pink, which will go green at a later date. Yeah, and then you can see that's the same bush, isn't it? That's right, the same. You can see yeah. the lower fronds are green, Yep. the older ones, and the new fronds which come out certain times of the year. So there you go, you can get all different colours yeah. <laughs> in ferns. Um, so this is an invaluable guide and reference for bushwalkers, gardeners and nursery workers. Where else can you see it being used? Do you think um, it'll be a textbook in unis or for botanical studies and things? Yeah, anybody anybody studying vegetation here and around the region and further afield will find it useful if they're doing plant surveys. Mm -hmm. Hopefully... um, It'll encourage more use of our local ferns instead of bringing them from overseas and yes. selling them at um, certain hardware shops. Uh, it's better okay. to investigate local ferns. We've got just as much yeah. variety here and beauty here as we have imported ferns. Yeah, yeah, right. So true. And you told us that you were also involved in the rehabilitation of uh, habitat on f- actually. You, you just mentioned Five Islands, Kembla. <laughs> You've been rehabitating the Five Islands off uh, Port Kembla. 
That yeah. sounds like a huge project. It is. I've been working out there for, well, I've been surveying out there for many years and for roughly maybe six, seven years now we've been um, working on it through getting grants mm. and funding. It's National Parks and Wildlife Service. It is a nature reserve. Mm-hmm. And the Big Island's the one we're working on, which is obviously the biggest of the four islands, even though it's called the Five Islands, there's actually four. <laughs> Big Island looks like two islands from oh, okay. looking yes. across. Yep. So when, when um, Bass came down exploring in eight, about 1879, he looked, looked south from his little boat and saw five islands. <laughs> okay. The Big Island is split in the middle by a little isthmus. Yeah. So there's a, there is five if you, you count, that, count it that way. It's really hard to change any of that, isn't it? First, first impressions. <laughs> well, that's right. But anyway, there is a rocky island between Big Island and the mainland, so yeah. there are actually five islands. Yeah, yeah. Any interesting debates in botany that are happening at the moment that we'd well, be interested in? Well, the naming of species. They're lumping genera together. In other words, taking two genera that have been, re- been identified for a couple of hundred years, perhaps, lumping them together and saying we don't want that genera anymore or that genus anymore, we're going to lump them together and call them such and such. And, and is some, that... Some botanists so, don't agree with that. Okay, they people are getting say, no, hot is, under the collar there is a dif- There is a difference between them, between yeah. each group, so they should be split. Um, so in, in taxonomist botanists, and I'm not a taxonomist, but a taxonomist botanist botan can be classed as splitters and lumpers. There are those that, those that want to split species off all the time and there are those that want to lump them together all the time. Why do they want to lump them together? Do they think it's easier or something? Well, theoretically, we're heading to the perfect system of plant classification, which we'll never get there. Oh, but yeah. every step we take is supposedly getting closer to the perfect classification system. I suppose that's science, isn't it? And that's, yeah. and that's science, and so is arguing, of course. Yes. Or debating yes. in science. That's yeah. how science progresses. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's interesting to know what botanists um, discuss over dinner when they get together. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining us here today, Kevin. And thanks for telling us and teaching us about the ferns in our area. And look forward to um, seeing your book around. Where can people buy it? The publisher has contacts in most of the bookshops around the place. So you should be able to find it relatively easily. Okay. It should be in our non-fiction areas. I hope it's in the (laughs) non-fiction anyway. It's a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, Joe. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. we, we don't want it in the Slavic fairy tale section in bookshops, do we? You all know now that ferns have no flowers or seeds. They reproduce by spores. This book is great. It even has flaps on the front cover and the back cover that open out so that when you're reading about a particular fern that you've taken a fancy to, you can flip out the front flap and see a helpful labelled diagram of parts of a fern. So it's just there while you're reading the other bit. And also flip out the back section and there's a glossary of terms. So when you come across a term that you don't know like... um, There's one here called, oh, termitose. Did you know that that means densely hairy? I didn't know that. What a wonderful word. I'm going to try and use that in a sentence today. So that was uh, Kevin Mills, and we were talking about his book, South Coast Ferns, A Complete Guide to the Ferns and Fern Allies of New South Wales on the New South Wales Coast. Thanks for listening.
This podcast was produced by Kaima Community Radio.